Hi, welcome to SN Off the Shelf, a podcast about what's moving and shaking within the grocery industry. I'm Chloe Riley, Executive Editor of Supermarket News, and I'm joined by my co-host, Supermarket News Managing Editor, Russ Rodman. Hello, everyone. Okay, so today we're looking at uh, some of our top stories from the week and also just what's most relevant to grocery right now. Uh, Ross, I feel like a good place to start is uh, inflation, wouldn't you say? Uh, I know you just wrote a a story on how grocery pricing we're still seeing was still high in August, uh, even despite, you know, some relaxed inflation. Yeah, uh, food price inflation is actually one of the top headlines across media. And um, unfortunately, in August, it's a another month of kind of good news, bad news in terms of uh, the consumer price index. That I'm talking about the overall consumer price index uh, only went up 0.1% overall, which uh, is kind of the second month of, of a relaxation in the CPI increase because last month it was flat. Unfortunately, uh, it hasn't been much of a change for uh, grocery. And, and the key index, of course, we look at there is the, the food at home index. Um, in August, the, the food at home CPI, if you look at a year-over-year basis, was up 13.5%. That was even more than the 13.1% rise in July. And just like in July, it marked the biggest 12-month gain since the 12 months through March 1979, and, and this is uh, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Um, and this particular measure has increased since the start of the year, um, going back to January. Uh, the good news was on a monthly basis, the food home CPI kind of edged up just 0.7% in August. That was the first increase below 1% since April. And um, just to give you an idea of how that compares, and it was 1.3% at 1.3% increase in July and 1% in June. So uh, that was the good news. Yeah. But well, uh, yeah, again, it, grocery prices are still high, and um, even the decreased gas prices, uh, which have which helped lower the CPI increase, uh, aren't trickling through to. <laughs> food shoppers yeah geez uh, and how are we seeing you know what are what are some ways you know some grocers are trying to help help customers deal with uh deal with these elevated prices yeah they're, they're trying a few different things um texas grocer heb recently launched a debit card that offers uh five percent cash back on heb brand products um, Target already has been off for years has been offering its red card which gives you um uh, cash back of 5% off of all uh, product purchases. Um, A more common thing you're seeing are uh, price freezes or price locks, which are kind of uh, a standard grocery tactic in in these types of times. Um, Stop and Shop launched something called um, their uh, deal lock, which... uh, offers uh, kind of frozen prices on a certain number of items. And um, uh, Roche Brothers Supermarkets also uh, launched a program that also uh, locks down prices on more than 500 items. So uh, those are uh, pretty popular with shoppers, and it 
tells the shopper that uh, the, their local grocery store knows what's going on with their pocketbooks and, and wallets and is trying to help. And and how are how are we seeing? I know I know this is still affecting consumer behavior. What are we What are we seeing? I know you were saying that we're seeing people opt for more private label. Can you talk speak to that? Yeah, as uh, food inflation has uh, creeped up over the past most of the past year, uh, one of the signs everyone has been looking at has been consumers trading down. I mean, that could mean trading down to a store brand, a private label, and looking past brands, even just trading down to smaller sizes or things like a different cut of meat. Instead of filet mignon, you go to um, the the ground round or something like that. But um, yeah, private label has definitely been seeing sales creep up uh, as consumers look to get more value. Um from what I understand here, um, new numbers bought from uh, the Private Label Manufacturers Association and IRI found that in the, the year-to-date, uh, private label sales are up 9.4% compared to 5.4% for national brands. And uh, in the last three months alone, 15 of the 17 departments in the stores saw uh, private brand growth. So that's a pretty good uplift for private label. Um and I think uh, last year it was private label products accounted for one of every five uh, units sold. So I think that's probably on its way to uh, edging up again uh, for this year. All right. Well, thank you for that. I feel like this is something that we are definitely probably going to keep talking about. Um, we'll definitely keep, keep, yes. keep keeping our eye on. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so another of our top stories was uh, we had Instacart's announcement around its new carts feature. Uh, it's kind of in, supposed to encourage shopping centered around, you know, events or uh, via kind of existing carts that are curated by celebrities. Uh, they launched this feature with some real splashy marketing uh, featuring the singer and musician Lizzo. Uh, so, you know, what, what does this mean for grocery? Why is it relevant? Uh, Russ, I know you were skeptical around this one. Tell, tell me your thoughts about this. Um, well, Instacart's been doing a number of things. The, the, the pattern that's emerged is when um, the pandemic launched and there was the explosion in online grocery shopping, Instacart really was in a, a mode of signing up as many retailers as possible, which they also already were doing at a pretty rapid rate even before the pandemic, but it really went up several notches then. And um, that strategy they've kind of completed, of course, they're signing up new grocery and other retailers all the time. But now, especially since they're um, looking to uh, launch an initial public offering, they're looking for more ways to grow their business. And in tandem with their new uh, CEO, Fiji Simo, have focused more on building out their platform to provide uh, more capabilities for their uh, retail partners. I mean, you've written about several of these. I mean, recently they acquired the Eversite uh, pricing and promotions platform. They acquired Rosie, which is an e-commerce platform focused mostly on independent grocers whom they've targeted before through kind of reseller agreements with distributors. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the, uh, the other uh, things? Uh, taking the online catering orders now directly. Yeah, yep. yeah with Foodstorm. Uh, 
mm-hmm. incorporating that, I think, into the Instacart app. I mean, you mentioned the, the carts feature, and, and even their um, platform they had updated earlier in the year to offer all these kind of modules. They're taking a modular approach to their platform, so supermarkets and other retailers could just kind of in a plug-and-play for manner add capabilities to their uh, to their e-commerce service. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like too, uh, you know, in this, in this story that we wrote, uh, you know, we did look at kind of like, what are some of the takeaways? What, what are actually some of the concrete takeaways that grocery could be looking at from this? Uh, you know, in the story, we spoke to an analyst um, from data analytics, uh, a data analytics and brand consulting company, and uh, they gave us five takeaways. Uh, one of those, you know, like Russ was like, speak, let's speak the language of uh, Gen Z. You know, like our analyst said, uh, you know, using Lizzo, using the VMAs to drop this commercial, you know, they're loudly communicating. They they want to grow brand loyalty, you know, among Gen Z. Uh, I think they had also, uh, you know, I think in March or a few months ago, they launched, um, you know, a TikTok integration, right, which Russ, as you were talking about, that kind of signals, right, this is really about purchasing as well, not just about, uh, you know, hey, we've got celebrities, hey, we've got Lizzo. Uh, you know, another thing I think uh, the analyst was saying is, you know, smart homepage thematics, uh, you know, just what's the technology behind this? The, the carts feature exists as a scrolling banner at the top of the app's homepage. Uh, you know, the analyst we talked to says this is a smart one. It's allowing for multiple funnels into the shopping experience. Um, you know, when they rebranded earlier this summer, when Instacart rebranded, they added g- categories like ready meals, electronics, sports gear, which is kind of a parallel to the layout of, uh, you know, the Gen Z favored DoorDash. Uh, so kind of indicating both of those companies are trying to capture, you know, more channels be- beyond the core of their business. Um, so those are just a couple a couple of takeaways. Um if, if for the other three, go ahead and check out our link to the story, uh, which we've got included below. Or if you're listening via podcast app, go ahead and check out our show notes uh, to get the rest of those. Um, and then uh, fi- finally, uh, we just want to do a quick plug uh, for our new five things you may have missed in grocery. Uh, so this is a roundup of industry stories that you're not going to want to miss. Uh, it comes out every Friday, and you can get it by signing up for the SN Daily Newsletter. Uh, we'll, we'll include a link uh, link to that as well. Um, Russ, it's been great talking with you. And uh, you too. Anything else on your mind, Russ? Well, just to, to say again, talking on the Lizzo partnership with Instacart, I mean, that really tells me that um, Instacart is looking to uh, draw more younger shoppers to its platform. Some findings I found out with the online grocery is the assumption would be that younger shoppers would be the ones flocking to uh, the digital channels for grocery, but that's not necessarily the case, especially during the pandemic. It was a lot of older shoppers, boomers, uh, for example, and Gen X, I think is what it is, right before that, uh, were using it a lot more. And the, the younger shoppers like to go in and see the fresh departments. So, and especially since they're having an IPO, they might want to show Wall Street that uh, they're looking to cater to the next generation and they want more uh, of that that market uh, going on Instacart. And, of course, you touched on uh, competition from others now rapidly getting into the grocery space, DoorDash, Uber Eats, just to name a few, and then all of these uh, companies that promise uh, rapid grocery delivery. So 
Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah. So I feel like I, you're saying, you know, that they might be making the splashy move to speak to Gen Z because of the IPO, but actually it's not just that generation that's, that's using Instacart or that wants to shop that way. Um, so we should, uh, grocers should think about that as well in terms of just who this demographic is. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, th- thank you all so much for listening. Uh, pl- please don't hesitate to reach out uh, to Russ uh, or I with uh, you know, feedback, comments, story ideas. Uh, you'll find our emails uh, in the story uh, here as well, uh, as well as in the show notes. All right. Take care, everyone. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.